Welcome to So Here's the Thing, the podcast for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and creative educators who are ready to take their business to the next level. Through candid conversations, tactical approaches, and a few unpopular opinions, we're lifting the veil on what it takes to build both a life and a business that you love. I'm your host, Leila Amati, a coach for creatives and founder of the Creative Educator Academy, where I help entrepreneurs step into the role of industry leaders and educators. I'm so glad that you're here. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey friends, welcome back to the show. Today I am being joined, actually I'm going to be being interviewed by my lovely friend and the MC of the 2024 Creative Educator Conference, Akua Kanadu. So pumped. Hi, Akua. Hey girl, how are you doing? (laughs) I'm so excited that you're here. One, because I did a recap with Haley Gaffin, who we obviously all know and love. And she, in our last episode, she interviewed me with her own questions. And now we have asked for our audience at the Creative Educator Conference and over on Instagram to submit any questions that they have for us. And so I'm really excited. We went through and looked at, there were a lot of commonly asked questions and a lot of unique questions. And Akua pulled together her favorite questions to ask me. And I I went ahead and told everybody like, nothing's off the table for this one. So anything you want to know, I'm here to answer. I'm always as transparent as I can be. So if it's helpful, I want to answer it. And I'm really excited and a little bit nervous to hear the questions that we ended up with. So Akua, I'm going to kick it over to you. And you are now the host of So Here's the Thing podcast, no longer with Leili Amati, now with Akua (laughs) Kanadu. And one thing about So Here's the Thing podcast, we gonna keep it real, okay? Yes, ma'am. So let's let's get into it. Okay. Yay. I'm so, so excited to ask you these questions because I've been curious about some of them too. So I think this will be really, really fun. But one of the questions that somebody asked, which I thought was really good is what was your biggest like necessary expense when putting together this conference? Okay. That's such a good question because you know, it's hard to feel like so many people want to host events and they just don't know like the financials behind them and they don't know what to expect there. And there are so many necessary expenses that aren't what I would call like a fun expense, but that are really hefty. So for me personally, aside from like the standard that you would think the venue, the, um, the welcome events, all of the extras, I would say the biggest like necessary expense would have been transportation. Transportation Mm -hmm. is extremely expensive, but because every conference that I speak at or attend, I've noticed I'm just going to say I've never actually had transportation provided for me when it's been an offsite event. And that has been such a pain point for me as an attendee, as a speaker. And I never wanted that for our attendees. So I went ahead and bit the bullet and I I paid a lot of money for the transportation, but I think it was completely worth it. Yeah. But what, that's what I like love so much about the Crave Educator Conference, but just any event that you put together, because I've attended more than one, is you always put yourself in other people's shoes, right? Because you've obviously been there. Like we've all attended conferences, whether as a speaker or as an attendee. And so you were really intentional about just those touch points that are really important or what's going to make the experience as amazing as possible for every single person that's walking through the door. So like essentially you're you put you're putting people first, which I love that. And so I can 
I think like we've spoken at uh, several conferences together where we've carpooled and stuff like that. And it is, it is a pain point to definitely with transportation. I love that you made that such an intentional thing. Everything from the hotel, getting us smoothly to the venue, even your choice of hotel where it was so easy to be able to access certain things. I noticed one of the things with you too is accessibility is huge. And it shows throughout everything that people are able to access things as easily as possible within the conference, but also outside of the conference. Like having the hotel next to that mall was, I mean, your girl was happy. And you know me, girl. I love my food, snacks. And you always make sure I'm fed. You always make sure I'm good. <laughs> but I was also happy to go get that Chick-fil-A milkshake <laughs> a little bit afterward. I was so excited. Like, right? Like, there was just, it was just so easy. It was fun. And I, I love that. That's, that's such a good point. Like, it's something that you bite the bullet for because, again, like, you want people to have the best experience possible. Hey there, my name is Dolly DeLong. I am a systems and workflow educator for small business owners. If I could give another entrepreneur one piece of advice, what would it be when it comes to the Creative Educator Conference? Like, I would say definitely go to it, like invest in it. It's 100% worth your your time and investment. I heard this quote by... Um, I believe it was Ashlyn Carter. She said, invest to be in a room full of business owners who are smarter than you. And not so that you can feel like dumb about yourself, so that you can learn from other people in the room. And that is 100% true. Like normally in the past, I would, because of my like, I don't know what to call it. I, I, I feel like I have to know everything. That's like something that I don't like about myself that I feel like I have to know everything before I can show up. And that was not the case here. Like I didn't have to know all the things. I could be the dumbest person in the room and yet nobody made me feel dumb about that. And I could learn from everyone and just and just learn from a great room of of business owners. And I loved that so much. And so that that quote, that saying by Ashlyn was so spot on. Like, I am so glad I invested in this because I was in a room full of women and men who are more advanced than I am in my business. And it was so cool to learn from them and to talk with them and to chat with them. I had a lot of great insights about what I needed to work on in my own business. And I just... I loved it. So thank you so much, Laylee, for hosting this conference. I really wish you the best in future endeavors for the Creative Educator Conference. I hope you continue to host it. And I am so excited about the impact it's going to make on so many different businesses. Okay, so another question that we wanted to ask is, how about you highlight just the three things that people need to think about financially when planning that? Because like you said, that was a lot of questions that you had with people. I think a lot, of, I think you inspired a lot of people, number one, to want to be able to create their own event. But to your point, expenses are huge. So highlight just those three things that you think are important for people to remember when laying out that budget for planning their events. Yeah. I mean, I think it is, it's such an overwhelming thing financially. And I'm not going to lie, like, an event of this size, a conference versus something like a workshop or even a retreat, the risk is much, much higher. So the first year was honestly, I'm, I, you know, better than anybody because we are close friends and you've been involved from the beginning. 
And I was really upfront with everybody of like, I really hope I make this work and I hope that I'm not in the red at the end, but I'm going to do everything in my power not to let that happen. But at the same time, there's so much risk. You don't know if people are going to buy tickets. You don't know if the price point that you've created is accessible enough for enough people to cover your costs because the upfront costs of a conference of an in-person event that's larger than a few people it can be insane. And the contracts involved, you are responsible for all of that money that you're promising vendors and venues and hotels. And it's just, it can be overwhelming and it can get in a lot of people's way. So first off, I want to say, I understand the overwhelm and I understand why we got so many people asking questions about finances and, and even people sharing, like, it was really hard for me to actually read. So many people were ending up in the red on their events and feeling really disheartened and really discouraged and saying like, I can't keep hosting these things if I'm going to be in debt at the end of them. So I want to say, I, I hear you. I see you. I get it, but you can definitely prevent that with a few things. So I guess that if I had to pick my top three, one is understanding what a budget looks like. That sounds really entry level, but I think if you're struggling with being in the red, you need to understand what does a budget look like? Can I stay within a budget? This is one of those things that I think for myself as somebody who's put on large scale events and shows of different capacities in different career fields, like I had this skill that I didn't understand that I had that other people aren't like equipped with like right out the gate, you know? So understanding what does a budget look like? How can I set a reasonable amount for each line item? And then how am I tracking every single cent that I'm promising someone and every single cent that is coming in. So that's number one is like understanding your money and having it have an assigned place to go and a tracked system Two, I guess I'm um, honestly, if you can't do step one, find someone who can like step two would be bring in an expert, bringing, bringing in a bookkeeper or a financial advisor or a coach or an event coordinator or director, like you decide who you want to spend your money on and how and like how much you need, but you've got to be able to do that step one. So if you can't find someone who can guide you in it. And then three, I think just being really, I guess, aware and staying true to what you set in your budget. That's probably one of the hardest things because I am a spender. Akua, you know, I like to spoil my people. It's very important to me. <laughs> we live a life of luxury. When we <laughs> We truly do. I mean, I hate to say it, we are a little bougie, you and I, and I love that about us. But like you, you saw the first conference I thought was beautiful. It came together beautifully. But the second conference, I was able to step it up and really bring in a little bit more of that luxury feel because I did all the work beforehand to make sure I could pull it off and not have to go into like debt for it, you know? So doing the most with what you have while still meeting the expectations and delivering what you're promising. Like it's a sweet, you've got to find the sweet spot. Like it's a big balancing act, but like, if you can understand your money, then you can make that happen. Yes. I love that. I think again, just to your point with what you say, like do with like, do the most of what you have, I think is so key because one thing about you is yes, like we're a little bit bougie, but you're a person like, I'm not going over budget for this, period. Okay, like you're like, I love y'all, but I'm not about to be going into debt for this. You know what I mean? And that was something that you've always been very clear about that with your boundaries, especially around money. And so the first conference, 
you know, though obviously the budget looks very different from the second conference, you still worked with what you had to still pull off something amazing, right? Like, so I think the point is, is like for people to not get discouraged by the numbers, that it's very possible that you can pull off an event that you like, that you've envisioned for yourself and your community. Just work with what you have, honestly, and don't get like so caught up um, in the numbers because you stuck to the budget for uh, round one and it was done beautifully. You did such such an amazing job. And then round two, it was like, oh, you know what I mean? But you stuck to that budget, but it was like, oh, like, you know, it just, it was, it was just like a much, it was very bougie, much bougier. They were both beautiful, just in very, very different ways. But yeah, girl, I, I love both rounds. Okay. So, I mean, I'm a fan. <laughs> Thank you, friend. Hi, I'm Tori Kellner. I run Tori Kellner Photography. I'm a wedding photographer and educator. One big takeaway that I took from this year's conference is that there is truly no difference between the speakers and the students here. We are all equal and the speakers make you feel so comfortable and like you belong in this space no matter what. And we can get so much value out of the people that we're sitting next to along with the people who are on stage, which just makes you truly feel like you belong. So it's been amazing. I can't wait to come back year after year and continue growing my business. <laughs> Okay, so another question that I'm really, I, I, I think is really great to talk about is let's talk about the conference crew because I don't think a lot of people know that you have it, but I'm just gonna like say this, y'all. Laylee plans this by herself. She's a one woman show, but she does got a little crew on the side <laughs> that she has. So let's talk about a little bit about that. What does your conference crew essentially look like? Yeah, okay, so I love this. One, I think everyone needs like a little a little crew. You know what I mean? Everyone needs their team to make it happen. I mean, I I really can't even claim I do anything by myself, but I like I could not have done it without without the people who one came early to help set up, two, you know, were there to answer questions and give feedback and give opinions, especially something that you really want to be transformative for the people who are coming. I needed more brain power than I had in my own brain to make it work. Like I needed to be able to have all that feedback, not just the hands, but also the, you know, the knowledge behind it too. So, um, I formed my little conference crew, which I, I love that we're, we're using that. Like, it's like a real thing. I dubbed them my conference crew because I was so needy and always like answer my questions. But my conference crew was, um, a couple of the speakers who were repeating attendees or, you know, people who were there last year and people who were there this year. I, a couple of my actual team members and a couple volunteers and then a couple staff members. So it was just kind of like a hodgepodge of people who were playing different roles within the conference itself, who I thought could give really good, one really good feedback from all different standpoints and two who were willing and excited and happy to come early, to be there for late night chats, to eat with me in my room while I needed like 30 minutes to kind of get my brain to start working again before going back down and mixing and mingling with all the amazing attendees and doing deep dives with them. Like people who I know would be honest with me. Like I knew that they would always keep it real and tell me like, no, this is a bad idea. Yes, this is a great idea. And it was never, there was never any offense taken, but they were always honest because they wanted the same thing I wanted, which was a successful event for the people involved. So choose people who will be honest with you. Choose people who are a variety of positions within the conference itself so that you can make sure you're covering all the needs of all the different groups and choose people that you trust at the end of the day that you trust that you want to spend your time with because you're going to be spending a lot of time with them. And, um, yeah, that you, that you love and you trust and you could 
spend forever with because you will be together for every hour of every day for a while. Yeah, no. And what I love to even to add to that is like the conference crew is full of people who are just as excited and love the vision as much as you do, right? Like we hear this all the time in business of like, you have to make people care about your your business. And with the conference crew, every single person equally cares about the Creative Educator Conference as much as you do. And so it's been so fun just to like see everybody's passion come out for the conference. I think everybody, we're all like, yes, like how can we help? Like, what can we do? Like, what do you need? Because Again, like it's just it's pure magic that's been created uh, with this community and with from the first round into the second round. I mean, everybody's so excited. Everybody loves to be there, spend time together in just such an intimate setting. And you just I feel like, you know, maybe hot take, but maybe not. But, you know, I feel like a lot in the educator space, um, especially like I've only been in, like, this is only my fourth year in entrepreneurship. And I think immediately one of the first things I gathered as I was like becoming more involved in the community is how a lot of educators are just put up on this really weird pedestal. And as somebody who had first entered into, um, like I said, the space, I didn't get it. As you continue to go to some of these events, that's what you kind of see. And, but what I love about yours is that everybody is equal, <laughs> Everybody is treated the same. Those same educators that were on the stage are there sitting in with you in the late night lobby chats. Like you get to know them on a much more deeper and personal level, which makes you love their brand and stuff even more. And that was something I really, really love a lot about the Creative Educator Conference is that it just really removes a lot of those barriers where we can really all just be on the same level playing. So it doesn't matter how long you've been in entrepreneurship. It does, right? Like everybody's treated the same. Everybody's loved on. Everybody cheers each other on business. And people get to have real conversations as well as gaining amazing, amazing education from these entrepreneurs. Yeah. And honestly, huge shout out to my speakers. Like it definitely plays a big role in how I select my speakers, but I will say I always create, like I have like a speaker and staff room in case somebody needs to kind of like sneak away and catch their breath or like just a place to put your stuff, you know, because speakers and staff, they come early, they stay late, stuff like that. None of them were in the speaker lounge room at all. They were in the main room the whole time with other attendees. Like I did not see one person up there when I would go to get my like bag or something. And I would just look around and I was like, oh, it's an empty room. Cool, cool, cool. I love that. Like, I truly loved that they were so invested. Oh, yeah. Well, I just think about like somebody who's been started out as a business owner, right? And like, obviously, creative educators from more established businesses, from more so educators. But I just think if people are thinking about creating their own events and stuff like that, like think about like how much that would mean to somebody who's first starting out their business. Like, I love even too how you set up that these speakers are leading some type of group. Again, it really humanizes them because they're humans, <laughs> right? And so just to be able to, if it was somebody in their first year of business or second year of business, like how much that would mean to them to be able to spend time in that type of setting with entrepreneurs. I, I just love that. I think that you remove the veil and you remove a lot of those barriers that make it very accessible to these educators. And they love it. They're there to hang out. They're there, you know what I mean? Where I think too, they are also allowed to remove the veil as well because I feel like even to as an educator I feel like sometimes I have to perform right like you feel like you have to act a certain way be a certain way in this and that and at the creative educator conference I've even when I was an educator the first year I didn't feel like I had to be that way I could just you know chill and hang out and be amongst friends and still provide value and then the same thing for the second year even as the MC so it's been a lot of fun 
If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I am extremely particular when it comes to my sponsors for not just my events, but for this podcast. And I want to introduce you to one of my amazing sponsors today, Kajabi. As a coach for creative educators, I know how difficult it can be to decide where you want to create and house all of the amazing content that you're creating for your students. Kajabi makes it so easy to diversify your revenue, build your own brand, and turn your audience into customers and students. No matter your niche as a creative educator, Kajabi makes it so easy to turn your skills, passions, and expertise into enriching online courses, membership sites, subscription podcasts, communities, personalized coaching, and more. And right now, I am so excited to share that Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash Or you can head to the show notes for the direct link. I know you'll love working with Kajabi as much as we did at the Creative Educator Conference and as much as we do here at So Here's the Thing podcast. So here is another question that Somebody asked her, that was really good. What scares you, if anything, about hosting another conference next year? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm over here like, what doesn't scare me? I <laughs> like, I think it's really funny that I love the question. I, 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 I think it's funny that people know that it would scare me to, <laughs> to host another conference because so often people are like, oh, wow, you're like, you're just going for it. And I'm like, yeah, I am going for it. But it still has, obviously, like it has risk. It has um, pressure. And I feel a lot of that pressure as an Enneagram three, who is trying to be not such an Enneagram three as like, you know, that typical achiever kind of mindset. But I think the biggest thing that scares me about, about the next round is that one, I moved it from January to September and I 100% like, I'm still happy with that decision because of so many different factors. Um, and I, I talked about them at the conference itself when I when I told everyone in attendance, like, hey, we're definitely doing it again, but we're not doing it till September of 2025. So it's quite a quite a wait. And that that honestly scares me. I think anybody who says that they're not worried about becoming irrelevant in a world of social media and immediacy um, is lying because it, there is such a big gap between people seeing how awesome this was in January, 2024 to remembering that it's still going to be awesome in September, 2025. So I was really scared of that, but honestly, we had so many people in that room sign up to come back all the way in September of 2025, that that fear was alleviated for me a little bit, but I wanted to make sure I talked about it in response to the question, because I just, I want people to know how real and how normal it is to have a fear of, of all of these real emotions of like, will I be forgotten? Am I enough for people to remember? Is this too long of a gap? Um, you know, am I going to be competing with more people in the fall? Because I know there are so many other events that are happening nationwide in the fall, but, um, for us and for Dallas and for where we live and what we do, I think that it's going to be such a beautiful thing to have a fall event, um, for educators in particular, that back to school vibe, so many different reasons. Anyway, so that's one thing that scares me. I guess the other thing that I, I don't even know if scares me is the right word, but since that was how the question was asked, I can go with it. I think it, I always want to make sure that I'm not just staying in my comfort zone with the things that I create. And because the first, I mean, these last two conferences have been so amazing for so many people. And the feedback has been so amazing. And I send out feedback forms and I, I make them anonymous so that people can really give me the real, like, this is bad. This is good. And 
I'm saying this as humbly as humanly possible. There was like little to no negative feedback. So I, I want to be inventive and I want to be innovative and I want to make sure that everybody's having a great experience, but that's slightly unique to the experience that they had last year. So, um, I guess I, that would be one thing is like just making sure it's not ever stagnant. It's not ever stale. It's not ever like the same thing over and over again. I don't want it to be just copy paste. Even if let's say we go to the same venue, go to the same hotel because they were awesome. And like, I loved them and, and we haven't booked anything yet, but that's, I mean, I would totally see myself doing that, but how can I make it different? And so that's something that I think takes a lot of thought. Yeah, absolutely. I think it takes a lot of thought and a lot of effort, but I'm glad that you're leaning into it. And to your point, like for me personally, I'm just happy it's in September because I went from one cold state to another. And <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> My name is Amanda Lawrence and I run Positively Creative. We are a branding and web development company that specifically works with creative creators who are looking for great ways to put out their content. My piece of advice is all about being fearless. In business and in marketing and in networking, when you go to a conference, you're there not just to learn from the people on stage, but also to learn from the other amazing people who are also at the conference. Don't be afraid to go up to somebody who you think looks interesting or who you might have admired in the past and speak to them and have a moment with them and build a connection because those connections are what are going to change your business and ultimately change your life. I've had the privilege of meeting some of my best friends through networking and it has changed the way that I operate. I love that transparency though, right? Like, because, you know, when you're creating something and it's so successful, you're like, I want to do the same thing. You don't want to make any changes because now you're nervous. And I love how like, all right, you made the decision to move it to September, but so many people were so excited too to be in Dallas in September. You know what I mean? So I feel like, I just love that you keep making the changes as necessary and being innovative. And I think that's just so key. I think just even, even in entrepreneurship in general, it's just innovation is key and innovation is what's going to help you build something sustainable. And I think innovation is why, um, round one and round two have been so successful for the Creative Educator Conference. So I love that. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> okay, so another question I have is, how do you handle things that are out of your control? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I honestly handle them a lot better now that I am in therapy, full disclosure, but I <laughs> honestly, like it's it's really hard. It is really hard to handle things that are out of our control with an event. I think if, if I can guess what you're talking about here, it's probably number one, like the weather, right? We had an ice storm hit all over random places in the US. There were flights backed up. People were missing their flights. It was like a crazy 48 hours leading up to the actual conference where I was like, is this, or is anybody going to be able to be here? Aside from the people that flew in two days early, like who is going to come to this? And it ended up working out just fine. But I'd be lying if I said I wasn't stressed and that I wasn't worried and that there wasn't a lot of conversations behind the scenes about how can we make this work for people? How can we make sure that we're serving our people well if they're not able to come? How can we make sure that we go above and beyond a contract or above and beyond a policy of like, you know, if you can't get here, that's your own fault kind of thing. I want to always make sure, like you said, it's for me, I think I've had this somewhere on my website from day one in, you know, 2013 people over profit. It is a hundred percent something that I live by, but at the same time, we've already spent the money. So like the events happening, whether the weather is happening or not, you know, we're doing it ice, snow, 
heat wave. I don't care what it is. Like it's happening and hopefully you guys can come kind of thing. But I mean, it was really stressful. And I think number one, something that my husband, Tim, as you guys know, <laughs> my, my frequent listener, you guys know, Tim, <laughs> he always says, if it's out of your control, like there's no point in worrying about it because there's nothing that you can physically do about it. So focus on what you can actually do. Like these things are 100%. There's not even 1% of it that's in your control, but what is in your control around it? And then like, let's problem solve from that. Um, so that was helpful. Other things that were out of my control, for example, I really wanted to have like a DJ there and obviously with the snow, ice, weather, whatever, like things didn't work out. And so our tech was a little glitchy. And I think that really would have, I mean, I joked about therapy in the beginning. I think it really would have bothered me the first year. I think I would have like let that really get to me, but it didn't even, I really, because I had a great conference crew, I had Dawn from Tech Savvy Creative who like saved the day pulling slides. Akua was playing music off her phone when we needed music. <laughs> Was it 100% perfect because it was blasting music like I wanted? No. Did it still work? Yes. Do I think anybody else cared about it? Absolutely not. Nobody even really, if I brought it up today, somebody would be like, oh yeah, I forgot. Like nobody else cares as much as we care. Mm -hmm. No one else is as harsh of a critic of a glitch or something that's out of our control as we are. So I think just understanding that like, does this really impact the people who are sitting in the seats? If the answer is no, then I need to move on to what actually matters to them because that's my job as the host is to really truly serve the people who are showing up and sitting there. And that doesn't mean stressing to the point of inaction, like of not being able to do anything. So that's kind of, I guess, a long version of how I handle things that are out of my control is I just like let them be out of my control and I control what I can. Yeah. Also too, just shout out to the attendees for their commitment, honey, because they were going to get there regardless. So I just want to highlight that of just how good <laughs> this yeah. conference is because people were determined to get there. People switched airlines, like literally bought a whole new plane ticket from a different airline. People were, um, some people didn't even arrive till like 2, 3 a.m. Yeah. And were still so excited to be there. Showed up wide eye, bushy tail, honey, excited with their coffee in hand and like having the best personality and like just so open to the whole weekend. So I love that to your point of like, we can't control and people, I think again, it just speaks to the strength of the community of how the, even the commitment, like things were out of everybody's control, but everybody did the best they could and made the best of the situation. But even just highlighting too, there was somebody who like, you know, they weren't unfortunately able to make it due to the weather and how you live stream, like you made it work to even help with Dawn to, to do some tech stuff to live stream the conference for them. Like, I think that's again, to like people over profit, like you make it work, you always put people first. And I, it just, I think that's why people just are so committed and love the community so much that you built. So don't, I love that. Don't stress yourself out to the point of inaction because we're all so guilty of that. So that's going to go on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Alex from Alex Collier Design and I'm a brand and web designer for wedding professionals. And my biggest takeaway from the conference is just how important relationships are in business. It's so easy to feel isolated as an online business owner, especially working from home, but there's nothing like really getting out there and actually meeting people in real life. Um, so many wonderful things have come out of the relationships I've made through the Creative Educator Conference from collaborations, masterminds, referral partners, and more. Um, there's nothing like having business owner friends who just get it. And I'm also so much more confident now networking in my local community, going to other events, um, having experienced the Creative Educator Conference. So it's really, it really is more than a conference, it's a community. 
All right. So next question, <laughs> anything that you would do differently? Honestly, like I, there was nothing that I would have changed about, about this, this last round. Truly there's nothing, even the things that I had thought, oh, I could do this way or I could do this way. And I landed on one and maybe the other one would have been just as good. Typically when, when that happens, and it's funny, even the feedback forms that I get that are like, Hey, have you ever considered doing X, Y, and Z? And it's like, well, yes, I have. There's always a logistical reason that I choose to do something in the way that I do them. So it's so it's, it's, great to get people's honest feedback and ideas, but it's so hard because I really want to be able to tell them like, no, this is why I chose like doing the way that I'm doing. And it's because I want to, I, you know, I have to stick to the logistics or it has to be able to fit into the schedule. That's been, that's been interesting. But in terms of changing anything, there's nothing that I regret doing. Absolutely not. Mm, I love that. I mean, it was, it was amazing. Both years have been amazing. So last question what can we expect from the third round? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I don't even know because it's in September of 2025. So, you know, I'm already like, I always am tossing around ideas. I have like a running Google doc of like things I want to implement for next year. And again, if they logistically work or not is a whole other question. So I hate to even put those ideas out into the world because who the heck even knows if I can actually make that a reality. But I will say I'm working on some ways to revamp like the curriculum, some ways to re revamp the the actual like layout of the schedule. I mean, I, again, I don't regret any of it, but I think that there were things that people really enjoyed that I could maybe double down on, um, create even more opportunities for people to connect on a deeper level. Although again, I don't, I don't think that that was like a pain point. In fact, I think that was something that people's positive feedback was so strong on that I almost want even more of it because it was such a strong part of the conference. So I'm still toying with things, but you can definitely expect an amazing event that is built around just true passion and dedication to my community. And I think you can expect a lot of fun because we have a lot of fun. The last Instagram post was like all photos of people dancing. And it was so funny because I was like, this so sums up. We are not like a stuffy conference. We are true educators. The curriculum is not fluffy. We have a lot of information and content packed into two days with the welcome event on the first night. And it's like, that's not going anywhere, but we have fun too. Oh yeah. And you're going to be fed. That's what you can expect at least for round three. There'll be good food. You'll have Always. a good time. You'll have quality education you will literally be able to just let your hair down and live your best life. That's yeah. what I, you can at least expect those things for round three. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh, Laylee, I have loved this convo, convo <laughs> so much. <laughs> Look at me act like this is my show. Oh, Laylee, this is not what I'm saying. Oh, it is I your show. It. This is your show today. <laughs> Oh, yay. Oh, no, I truly I love this conversation. I think it's it's been great just to get more of your insights for the creative educator conference. And if you're listening to this episode, and whether you were an attendee, shout out to you. If you're thinking about creating an event, um, definitely, definitely take some of these uh, key things and apply it because it'll definitely make your life a lot easier. And Laylee, thank you so much for having me. Let me hang out. Oh my gosh. Thank you for being here. And thank you to everybody who submitted questions for Akua to create this amazing interview out of. Um, I just adore everyone so much. And if we didn't get to answer your question, because we had a lot of them submitted, I will send you a voice memo. Just let me know. Yes. And everybody, thank you so much for listening. And until next time. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to so here's the thing podcast.com. 
This show is brought to you by the Creative Educator Academy, where we teach creative entrepreneurs how to teach, because I believe that industries thrive when experts can share their knowledge well. If you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes or see your rating on Spotify. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.